Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Jason. With me today is our own pianist in residence, Sam Page. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed, we are. And in fact, we were uh, talking just before we got started here about uh, how we got to find some way to give Sam a way to connect his piano directly to what we're doing so we can really get the full sound of what he's doing. We're going to figure that one out one of these days. But uh, Sam, just, just keep that in mind. We got we got to figure out a way to do this. For sure, for sure. I just Yeah. Because, I mean, you're, you're so talented. People need to hear it. And, I mean, we always, you know, whenever we're hearing what you play, we, you know, you put your phone next to your piano. So we, we get the gist of it that way. But you deserve to be heard in hi-fi, yes. high fidelity, you know. So we'll figure that one out. But anyway, I hope you're doing well today. Of course. Glad to be back here. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, you, you were away last week, I know. But, yeah, it is good to have you back. So welcome back. And, of course, we do have a special guest joining us today. Uh, her name is... Tess Scott. Tess is interesting. She Tess is from uh, north of the border in Canada. She's in Sarnia, Ontario. And in fact, she was giving us a little bit of geography lesson as to where exactly that is. Apparently, it's right near the Great Lakes. Um, and uh, apparently, she even has a view of the lakes from where, from where she is, which is pretty darn cool. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, she has also one of the most interesting profiles I've ever seen because um, she well, she she's a, a, a a Christian, but she is a non-judgmental Christian, which is a reason I wanted to have her on the show. I thought that was a pretty cool concept right there. And she describes herself uh, in, in a lot of very colorful ways. But one of the best things that she says is she lives her life of hilariously awkward moments in Sarnia to the ongoing embarrassment of her family. I mean, that's somebody who has, first of all, a very good sense of herself. She doesn't take herself too seriously. But she's confident enough to say, hey, here I am. I'm going to put myself out there. If you can't handle it, that's your problem. It's not mine. I like that attitude. I love that. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm sure this is going to be really fun. <laughs> it will be fun. I'm sure it will. So, well, let's first, let's get your story, okay? Because everybody who comes on has a story that you know, basically shows where they've come from and you know what trials and tribulations they went through and then how they emerged at the other side. And I'm sure your story is like that. So give yeah. us like the, the three minute story. Okay, so my story is like that. First of all, Sarnia, I have to say this, Sarnia is on both the St. Clair River and Lake Huron. So at the same time, amazing wow. place and tons of beaches. If you ever want to visit, I recommend nice. Sarnia. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, my name is Tess, obviously. Um, I have lived here my whole life in Sarnia Lampton. I've had this life where, you know, I think we all have things that we've done that we think, you know, that probably wasn't that great of an idea. So <laughs> life where I've been married a few times, divorced a few times. Um, I have a family of eight boys, a blended family. I have adopted one who's special needs um, back in, uh, I think it was 2013. Um, my husband, Rick, left and I was on my own again. So that was really, you know, a sad, upset and everything. And then our marriage was reconciled years later after divorce. We got back together and remarried, which is amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's, that doesn't happen every day. No, it doesn't happen every day, right? And then right after that, I got breast cancer. So it's kind of oh, like, you know, life, life is like ups and downs and ups and downs. But, you know, everything is great now. And I can say that I'm, even though I don't want to relive some of the things that were crappy, um, but I can be thankful for things that I learned for how I saw, you know, God got me through it for all of that. And I just want to have life. Like I like, I like to think that there's good things happening every day, you know, and one of the great things about um, me, maybe, I don't know. One of the great things about my story is that if I'm on stage, sometimes I go and I talk to groups of women mm. to encourage them, right? So I say, like, I'm going to take this freak show on the road. And uh, <laughs> so, if, so if I'm going up the steps to the stage, and this may have happened, and I trip, like, they just think it's part of the whole thing. You know, <laughs> there's really no expectation of perfection with me. So it's easy, right? I, I'm not nervous about it because I think, meh, what can go wrong? If there's a clothing malfunction, they were probably expecting it. You know, it's just going to be another story for the next book down the road. It really doesn't matter. And just taking like, you know, even, I don't know, things that are like um, people just take for granted. Like maybe, you know, when you're laying in the backyard in the summertime, which is like about two weeks in Canada, we have a little <laughs> summer, and you're looking at the clouds and looking at what the clouds are shaped like, you know, and sometimes my husband and I will be just 
we'll just like lay out and go like, wow, do you see that elephant? Like, no, I don't see an elephant, you know, like just, just easy, just things that are just, you can miss it if you don't pay attention. Mm, yeah. Right. Those are the best things in life. I, I think they are. Anyways, that's the joy. I, yeah. And I love how you described that you went through the roller coaster and, and yeah. like most people, you've had your roller coaster, some very interesting twists and turns on that roller coaster as well. Uh, but like most people who have ridden that roller coaster, you come out the other side and said basically the same thing everyone else said. I don't want to live it again, but boy, did I get a lot out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think you have to determine that you're going to do that. Right. I mean, chemical things aside, I think that there is um, you can find joy in every day. Right. Mm -hmm. If you determine to find that good thing, to find that thing to be thankful for. Like I try every day and even this started in like, you know, the, like I say, the crappy times, what I consider to be not sometimes um, journaling and thinking of three things that I'm thankful for every day, you know, and sometimes, Ooh, wow. it's like, sometimes it's like the smell of grass being cut and I'm in Canada, but I'm talking about the lawn. And sometimes it's like, um, I don't know, like the clouds or like, it doesn't have to be an actual thing. Right. It can be just that I got to see my grandkids today or it can be coffee in the morning. Oh, my goodness. I'm thankful for that. You know, but three things a day is like a thousand things in a year. I, I can't tell you how much I love that because my wife and I do the exact same thing. Yes. That's amazing. Gratitude. Such a difference. I we, do. do you? And, and Sam does not too. Yeah. A yeah. lot of our listeners do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah daily I gratitude practices are wonderful. I think so, too. It makes it it makes a big difference, you know. What you have in your mind, like whatever you're thinking about. And sometimes we don't pay attention to what we're thinking about, I think, because there's a lot of distractions. Yes. You know, your phone's going off and all these things are happening. We don't really know what's going on in our brain. But whatever those thoughts are, they're kind of making this little track, you know, in, in the, like a rut, mm -hmm. you know. So we want to make sure that those are good, positive things that are making a rut in our brain because that's what yeah. we're talking about, right? I mean, if you're going to deal with, with tire ruts, they might as well be nice ones. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. We, we call it three good things, actually. That, that's that's our, our signal to each other. We especially pull it out, especially when one of us is, you know, down in the dumps or dealing with something or stressed out or whatever. Okay, let's do three good things. Name three things that happened that were really nice. good. Yeah. 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 I love kind that. Kind of a way to just, you know, give you a reminder, like, there are good things. You have to notice them, but they are there. They're, they're there all along. They're there. I, I was noticing that just the other day. Um, I think I mentioned it on the podcast. I love taking uh, daily walks. I have like a four, four mile walk that I take. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I know Sam, you're a walker too, right? Oh, for sure. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And on the walk the other day, I, um, just to give you a little background test, my wife started a gardening service and maintenance business about 20 years ago. And okay. I've helped her to run it. She has the gardening side. I have the business side. And so it's been a good team from that perspective. She's now actually retired and I'm running the business with a really great crew. Without them, I couldn't do it because I can't stand being in the garden. But that's another story. Um, the point is that uh, I, when, when you have something like this going on and you're in the middle of the, the season, which is where we are right now, we're in the very heart of the gardening season, you get a little stress going on. Yeah. And that's what I've been experiencing. And and I was out and I was just telling you earlier how we were having this gorgeous weather. Absolutely. This is like one of the most beautiful springs we've ever had here in Connecticut in New England. Uh, absolutely fabulous. And I was out taking a walk and I was focusing on the stress on one of the, the best days you could have throughout the year. And I noticed it. I said, wait a minute. Well, what are you doing? There is this beautiful vista in front of you. There's a gorgeous blue sky. The temp is absolutely perfect. And you're working on the stress. Yeah. So yeah. you have to remind yourself. That's right. What you what focus that, on. Yeah. You caught yourself at least. I did. Yes. Fortunately. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've been practicing that too. Yeah, same. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, if you don't yeah. take the time to notice and to catch yeah. yourself and do something about it, you'll never develop the habit. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, when you were talking about the gratitudes, I, th those are some of the thoughts that was going through my mind. Like, yeah, oh, boy, this stuff is so important. Yeah. I'll, I'll even throw something to you. Uh, listeners know this one. But I'll throw something at you that um, I picked up from another guest, actually a, a former co-host who Sam knows well. Um, and this co-host 
is is kind of are you familiar with um esther hicks abraham hicks no okay um long story short a channeler who's able to receive information from source energy um and very interesting messages and so forth well this guy can kind of do the same thing um his is called the stream of david and the messaging that he gets is really really good messaging they made a point they being the beings or whatever you, they are on the other side that are sending these messages they made a really interesting point they said appreciation is a higher vibration than love and i had to think about that one for a bit a lot of us had to think about that one for a bit because that's kind of counterintuitive we kind of think love is like the highest vibrational form right mm -hmm. but you know what i've come to agree i've come to realize that it's probably true because what is appreciation if we apply the word appreciation to say real estate real estate that appreciates is real estate that goes up in value Right. So to appreciate means to continuously raise the value of something in oh, your own mind. That's an interesting way of thinking. Yeah. Right. So if you're thinking about the emotion of something, if you keep raising the vibration of the emotion, you're eventually going to get to the point where you go beyond love. Hmm. And so that's how I said to myself, you know what? You keep going on the, the appreciation trail. You're right. You're going to be a higher vibe space than love, which is interesting. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So here we are talking about gratitude and appreciation. Like this is like one of our favorite things to talk about. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> well, it, I think it? it's important. Sorry, I think it's important to be intentional about it. Oh, yes. right? Like you said, you practice it, and that's that's yeah. the thing. There's no yeah. idea there. What, what What do you think is, is why do you think it's so important to be intentional? I agree with you, but I'm curious to know what your thinking is. Hmm. Because, like I said, if if we're not intentional about it, there's so many distractions in life. I would I would say more now than 20 years ago, but maybe just sure. because I'm older now. Like, you know, my, my grandmother probably said the same things at my age that I'm saying. <laughs> but it feels like there's not ever that that quiet, that um, time, that peaceful time, unless you make it to think about things, to um, kind of meditate on, on what, you know, what you're thankful for or whatever it is. Because there's so many distractions like social media, mm -hmm. your phone. Like, I don't know anybody who doesn't have a phone and they even take it with them to the bathroom. So <laughs> like there's no, you know, people like can't even go to the bathroom without scrolling through their phones. Like not me. I would drop that thing. But, you know, so there's never. So when is that quiet time? Unless you say to yourself, I'm going to I'm going to intentionally have like I intentionally have quiet when I get up in the morning for the first mm -hmm. hour. Yeah. But. If I didn't do that and I just got up and had my phone and started life, like there would never be that time, you know, and some people have little kids or you have whatever the things are that are happening. You know, do you find that, Sam? Is that what your life is like? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's so easy to like fall into that distraction and like you get on a page just to check something and then you get distracted and then it'll send scrolling and then all of a sudden it's been 10 minutes. Like, ah, where'd the time go? Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. Little things. Yeah, I, th I think it's another reason to be intentional in this way too, which is to develop the the skill of it. Mm. We, we we live in a society now where uh, information and stuff in general is just coming at us so fast that it becomes really important for us to intentionally filter in the stuff we want and filter out the stuff we don't want, because otherwise true. we be we become overwhelmed. Yeah, that sure. is true. I yeah. often, I often tell my kids that and they don't care that, um, when I <laughs> something up that, you know, I was doing a project for school or something, I had to go to the basement to this big bookshelf and get out this huge big book that weighed like so much more than me probably and carry it upstairs and then leaf through it and read with my eyes information about whatever geography or something and write a report with my hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. It's true. You're, you're old school. I love it. And none, of them, and none of them care. They're just like, whatever. <laughs> She's telling us this, right? <laughs> I, I think the other reason, too, to be intentional, um, and, and this ties into the basic underlying theme that got this whole podcast going, the idea of a law of attraction. Uh, I'm not even sure how much familiarity you even have with the concept, um, but law of attraction as something to apply in your life requires concentration. It requires focusing your attention. It requires being intentional mm -hmm. every step of the way to whatever with the most degree is that you can do that. So to me, that's the biggest reason 
to develop this ability to be selective, mm -hmm. especially in those periods of time where life seems to be going against us and we have every reason in the world to just ride that negative wagon like, one more reason to be complaining, one more reason to, to say this is so terrible, why is this always happening to me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It gets so easy to fall into that. Yes, agreed, for sure, for sure. And if you don't take the time to become intentional, you don't develop the skill. That yeah. skill is so valuable. Mm -hmm. That skill pays, I mean, when we develop that skill, and I get the impression you've actually worked on, on developing mm -hmm. that skill, when we have that skill, life gets better. Yeah. Life just gets a whole lot better. Every yeah. step along the way. Right, right, Sam? I mean, Sam's putting his hands together. That's usually his sign that, yes, 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 I'm totally on board. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we lost your voice there for a second. Try that again. No, absolutely. It like just shows the difference, like perspective and mindset. Yeah. It keeps you in that sort of I think what we got, we got what you said. Your voice is cutting in and out again. Then Mike is giving you a hard time. <laughs> but that's okay. I think what, we got the gist of it because the, 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 the gist was basically, yes, total agreement. That's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, that we've, we've established a, a nice foundation here of common ground, which I'm loving a whole lot. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you are currently working on in your life. What, I mean, you have, I know you have this family of eight, my God, that's got to keep you busy no matter where you are in, in their development. <laughs> but you're also, I mean, if you've been doing this well, I get the feeling you've been doing this for a while, you know, leading a family. Um, you're, you're kind of getting to the point where they're moving out. They're, they're, they're basically building their own lives. Thumbs up. Yeah, I get it. Right. You know, so, but that also means that you're transitioning to a different period of your own life. And I'm curious to know where you're going with it. Okay. Well, uh, we only have one kid still at home. So, only one at home. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. So he is, um, he's going to be 19 soon. He just started a full-time job. So like framing houses. So that's oh, my goodness. super cool. Yeah. And uh, probably going to college in September. We'll mm -hmm. see. And he's a basketball guy. He's great. He's the youngest. He's the baby of the whole family. So everybody else has moved out. Some of them have kids, married, you know, nine grandkids, all that kind of stuff happening. They all live really close, which is super cool. And right. we get to see them lots and sometimes babysit and help, you know, the kids come and do all the fun stuff, play games and stuff. And yeah, so I've been, I was working at the college until about a year and a half ago. When I retired, which means you quit your job and you get $200 a month, um, <laughs> so to write a book. So how crazy uh -huh. is that? My husband said, I think, cause this whole series of events that happened, I had, so what happened was that I'll tell you, I'll talk, kind of make it quick, as quick as I can. I won't <laughs> talk quick, but I'll make it quick. I was getting ready for work. My eyes are blurry. Then I noticed my smile is kind of like, you know, crooked like that. Like I look weirder than normal. And I thought, that's weird. But I had to go to work because the whole place could not run without me is what I thought. Wow. Um, I was sort of, my job was kind of like radar on MASH. Remember MASH? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I was radar. So like, you know, I'm doing everything and opening the doors and all this. So it can't, you know, I I guess I kind of thought a little bit too highly of myself that day. <laughs> anyway, I didn't go out for, I went to work. My boss said, what's wrong with your face? Sent me to emerge. And they thought I was having a stroke. But it was something called a TIA. So it's like a, it's basically like a little mini stroke. Has the same symptoms. So a part of my face was droopy. My words were all garbled up. My blur, my, my um, vision was blurry. Um, did I already say that? Anyway. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. I was confused. Yeah. So anyway, I was in the hospital for three days and there's no lasting effects, but it mimics a stroke. So it was worrisome at first. But when I got home, I said, you know, when, after I came home on the third day, I said to my husband, so it was a false alarm. You know, everything's okay. And my husband said, what if it's a real alarm? What if it's a reminder that we all only have so many days in this world and you don't know how many days you have and you need to do the thing that you think you're supposed to do and you're supposed to write a book. So I want you to quit your job and write a book and I'll just work 10 years more. So I'm like, okay. You know, it was actually hard to do because I did love that job so much. But I went back to work the next day and told my boss I'm quitting and quit. And a year later, had a book published 
by Morgan James Publishing. And yeah, it's amazing. Congratulations, so, by the way. Yeah, that, thank that's you. Great when you get thank you. Like it's that. very exciting. So I'm going to different, um, you know, places of women, women groups, churches and places like that and speaking to women to encourage them to fill their head with truth and, you know, making them laugh and just, um, I don't know, just everybody, everybody needs encouragement right now. A lot of people are, it's been a long time since we could gather together, especially in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, it's been, it's just been a long few years and everybody needs to laugh. Yes. So I'm having a really fun time doing that. Good. There are some, there are maybe some awkward things happening. I'm not going to say there aren't, but we're having a lot of fun. So doing oh, that's good. lots of fun stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. That's important. And, yeah. and, and you basically, you, you turned it into a carpe diem moment. You said, I'm going to seize the day. I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to just, you know, yes, I could keep doing the same old thing I've been doing all this time. But uh, with a little support from your husband, you decide, I'm just going to seize this new thing. I'm not going to run with it. Yeah. And it's scary. It's it's scary to do something different, right? It's scary to quit your job, especially if you like it. I mean, if I hated my job, I would be saying, like, right on, I'm out of here. But I <laughs> loved that job. So I quit my job that I loved to do something that may or may not work out. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get a book contract. Right. I don't know if anyone's going to let me come and speak to their women on a stage like that. I really don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, <laughs> that's the secret part. We don't tell them that before we go. Um, but I just did it. You know, I was I was at this um, kind of a conference listening to this woman speak. And she said this is what she said. And there was 300 women there. And I am sure she looked right at me and she said, you know what you're supposed to do. But you are scared. And I'm going to give you the answer. And I thought, oh, this is so amazing, right? She's looking right at me. I think she might have even shook her finger. And she said, here's the answer. Do it scared. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I wasn't all that happy about it. I'm like, that doesn't seem like the answer that I want. <laughs> but I did. And I'm thankful for it. Because you can't get these days back. I don't know. None of that's us good. know. Like, that's we're none of us going to get out of this alive, you know? Yeah, so, that's really good advice. I like that. I like it too. Yeah. It basically, it's a way of saying, don't let the fear hold you back. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I'm thankful that I could do it, you know? Yeah. I'm thankful that my husband's so encouraging, such a great guy. And, and not only did you not allow it to hold you back, you probably found out pretty quickly that it truly is an acronym, F-E-A-R, False Evidence Appearing Real. Oh. I like have that. Have you heard that one? Yeah. No, I haven't. Yes. Yeah. Because that's what fear usually is. I mean, it is possible to have real things to be afraid of, certainly. Mm -hmm. and we, we, we can all kind of point to them. But probably 95 to 99% of the things we fear in life are just in our heads. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you're right. You know? So that's what makes the false evidence appearing real part. You know, yeah. Not, these days, fortunately, we don't have too many situations where tigers are chasing up sub trees. You know, so... Yeah. You know, that's usually we can avoid that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's great. You break, you, you, you broke through. You said, I'm going to, you, it wasn't your favorite phrase at the time, but you said, I'm going to follow it anyway. Yeah. That, that, see, that's the real trick. I think yeah. one of the, one of the things that I've, I've come upon is I've interviewed a lot of people because I've been doing this for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in September that I'm doing wow. this. Um, yeah, we're, I'm closing in on 1800 episodes, which is fine by point. But um, what, one of the things that has played out over and over and over again, interviewing so many people and having so many co-hosts like Sam, um, talking with so many people, is that any time that people succeed in some way, they went through a whole slew of failures first. Yes. It's almost never the case where somebody just does something and rises right to the top. Yeah. In fact, I don't think I've interviewed anybody who said that yet. No. I'm, I'm kind of stretching my memory, to, but I, I really don't recall anyone who had that. Everybody went through dark nights of the soul and horrible crashes, people close to suicide, people who lost everything, people, I mean, just like one thing after another. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, they persisted and kept going and they crashed through the fears and they just succeeded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's true. And I think even 
famous people. I think it might have been, it was one of your presidents. I think it might have been Abraham Lincoln that I was just reading something about, like all the failures and all the times that he had tried oh, yeah. to, like, and like years and years and years and years before he actually became president. Yeah, he he, he ran for office after office after office and lost them all. Yes. <laughs> he just yes. kept losing and losing and losing. Then he ran for president and won. Yeah. <laughs> He persevered, but the years, it was years. Like, I oh, think, yeah. like, we want things instantly in the, in our society now. We're so used to the instant things, you know. One of the, one of the more famous things in, in American history are the Lincoln Douglas debates. Oh. And it's, it's, it's not well reported. Lincoln lost that election. <laughs> oh, man. It was one loss after another, but yeah, yeah a perfect example. He just yeah. persisted. He kept going and, yeah. Surprised the heck out of himself along with everybody else by yeah. winning. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give up. And even athletes, like everybody, everybody, you have, you're going to have a lot of losses and then eventually you're going to have a win. If it's mm -hmm. the right thing, if you're supposed to do it and it's the right thing and you don't give up. And a lot of that has to do with mindset. You mentioned athletes and the first thought that went through my mind was Roger Bannister, the man okay. who broke the four minute mile. He was the first person to run four minutes back in 1953, 54, something like that. And up until that point in time, no one believed it was physically possible. The, the, the general consensus among the athletic community was that it is not possible for a human being to run a mile in four minutes or less. And then he did it. He, wrote, he ran the mile in three minutes, 59 seconds. And within some short period of time, like six weeks, like four or five other men did the same thing because he broke the mindset. He yes. broke the, he broke the belief barrier. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a time barrier. It was a belief barrier. Yeah. That is. And when you break that belief barrier, no matter what you're talking about, I mean, that's a very dramatic example, obviously, yeah. Yeah. but it could be anything in, in our own individual lives. When you break the belief barrier, then all of a sudden new vistas open up that weren't there before. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't seem possible before. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I think it's really those, those kinds of stories. To me, that's that's inspiration. To me, that that's the kind of thing I want to always be kind mm -hmm. of inundating myself with. You know, how many inspirational stories can I present to myself? Because then when I run up against my own barrier, yeah, then it's a little bit easier to try to go through it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Was it like that when you first started your podcast? Like, did it take a while to get going? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, well, listeners know the story, but I'll, I'll tell it to you. When I, I started the podcast in 2012. And I did it because in 2008, both my business and my wife's business got completely wiped out instantly. Oh. And neither one of us were in real estate or mortgages. But we we were in businesses that the nature of the business was that the moment you go into a financial crisis, um, her business was going to be gone. And my business was gone because at that point in time, I was providing web support to small nonprofit organizations. And no one gives money to small nonprofit organizations during a financial crisis. So they all went belly up, which meant my customer base went poof, which was not a happy time, no, as you can imagine. I can't and by be. four years later, we were deep in debt, struggling to survive, very close to bankruptcy, very close to losing our home, everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know what to do. I, the, the way I often tell the story is that I was so poor at that point, not only could I not afford to hire a coach, I couldn't afford to buy a book mm -hmm. on how to do it. So I started a podcast. I figured, well, that's, I can do that for free and I can just have experts on and they can teach me stuff. Right. See, that's smart. You're learning from the people that you were interviewing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I figured, I like well, what, what a great way to get some free coaching, right? Yes. Yeah. And it worked beautifully. And not only that, I've made some wonderful friends that way. Nice. Friendships that have lasted for years now. Yeah. I'm loving that. So. Yeah, it's been it's been really powerful. But in terms of the breakthrough, the breakthrough moment wasn't so much doing the podcast itself. The breakthrough moment was deciding that I was I didn't know how that's a key port part of it. I didn't know how, but I wasn't going to stay in that place anymore. Mm. Somehow, in some undefined, un indescribable way, I needed to climb out. Well, actually, I didn't have a choice, I figured, because it was either that or we're going to be homeless. Mm hmm. There was there weren't any there was no third option at that point, right? So it had to be, and I was the most stunned person in the world when it actually turned out to be yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, what a great example of persevering. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I can describe it as perseverance now, but in the middle of it, 
it was more just like breathing from day to day. Mm. I mean, because Louise and I both understood the basic law of attraction concept. We basically understood how mindset plays a role. But we didn't know all the details. We didn't really have the whole thing figured out yet. That's one of the mm -hmm. reasons I started the podcast. Um, but we knew what the general rules were, so to speak. So we said, okay, well, we got nothing to lose. I mean, it's, it's all gone anyway. You know, it's already gone at this point. There's nothing left to lose except the home, you know, and that's we're like steps away from that. So let's just start believing that it's going to work out. We wow. have no idea how. And and there's like, oh, there, there's a huge story that um, I've told before that I won't go into now. It takes a long, long time to tell it. But how we ended up moving. We were at that point. We're in Virginia. We ended up moving back to Connecticut after previously living in Connecticut. And, and that story was like one manifestation after another. I can talk about roller coaster too. It was, it, everyone came, it, none of them came easy. Yeah. They, they didn't just slide in the, the front door. You know, yeah. They always had to send us, you know, crashing into a wall somewhere before they would show up. <laughs> so it, it was insane. And, yeah. and, you know, so for me to say that I persevered, it isn't so much that we, that I persevered or even that we persevered. It's more that we just kind of hung on for dear life. Survival. Yeah. Because there was nothing else to do. Yeah. I get that. There were no other options. So, yeah. well, when you have no other options, you go with the one you've got. There you go. Great. <laughs> so, yeah. But, I mean, that, I, I guess you could describe that as perseverance because we just kept going. That's what yeah. persevering is. You just keep going. You just keep going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the opposite of persevering is giving up. Yeah. And, and people do give up. Like, I think... Yeah. I've seen lots of people who have started podcasts as an example and give up. You know, well, I had a big advantage there. I, and this was a, a complete and total surprise to me. It turned out I loved it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I had no clue I was going to enjoy it so much. <laughs> Isn't it amazing to have a job that you love, to do something yeah. that you love? And it just, it, yeah. it was not there for the reason that I thought it was going to be there. I mean, like I said, I thought it was going to be there just to teach me, you know, by talking to famous or, or successful or, you know, yeah. interesting or people who could be mentors. Yes. I thought that's what the purpose of the podcast was. I had no idea yeah. it was going to be so much fun. That's so good. That's so yeah. good. So yeah. people ask me, how do you do, you know, 1700, 1800 episodes? That's how you do it. Yeah. By loving you, it. You do it because it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it, Another way I like to describe it is it's the best kind of addiction because you don't have to go into treatment afterward. There you go. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. No, no spending six months in Tucson drying out. I mean, it's just not even part of the, the conversation. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. Well, let, let's get back to your story, though, because uh, you got a pretty cool story going on there. So, you got the book published, and you started doing the speaking, despite being absolutely terrified of it. Um, <laughs> and, and you decided you were going to uh, listen to the advice that you didn't like, that you didn't want to hear, and you listened to it. And what happened? Yeah. Well, I'm still booking things and talking to people and having the time of my life. I love it. So did you expect you were going to love it either? Like I, I expect I was going to love doing the podcast. Did you expect you were going to love doing this? I thought it would be too scared and I didn't know what I was doing. You know, like I think my, um, like my fears were wrapped around things like my identity. Like I didn't, I have a grade 12 education. I don't know what you call that in your country, but it's basically a high school education. That's sure. it. Cause then I got pregnant and had kids instead. And that's like, you mm -hmm. know, school of hard knocks or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. that I don't have, um, any formal, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a writer. Well, I'm a writer now, but you know, you I are. didn't formal, any formal, um, education for that. I didn't, I didn't even take the Dale Carnegie course. Although I think that would be a hoot. I would love to do that. Um, <laughs> Dale Carnegie. Wow. Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't scared. Yeah. <laughs> See old. I wasn't scared to stand on a stage. I was more fearful of um, of not being of people not taking me seriously because I didn't do a good job. Mm, yeah. Like I don't care if people laugh at me; I want them to laugh, and I don't care if it's because there's like toilet paper stuck to my foot or whatever. I don't care about that either. But it's more like they're not going to think that I know what I'm talking about because I just look like I'm dumb. <laughs> like that's more <laughs> what I was worried about. But I have a I have an amazing brother, and he is the funniest guy ever. And he has an improv um, comedy group called Ooh. Fidgets. Mm -hmm. So they travel all over Canada, the States, they've been in England, all, all these places and do stand up, um, um, improv, which I think Sam would probably be really good at. 
And so uh, yeah, and they do fundraisers and all. They do this game where they set they um you buy a mouse trap for a dollar. Everybody in the room like pays for all these mouse traps and they set them on the stage and then they blindfold the guys and they do this skit where they have to get them across the stage and like on their hands and knees blindfolded and all the mouse traps are going off and like I guess they have enough adrenaline that they're not hurt, but it's hilarious. It's real. Like I love watching him get mouse traps. <laughs> But um, they're just like, they are so funny. So I had a little bit like of that kind of, um, like I did some introducing for his group years and years and years ago. I'm not afraid to be on a stage. I was not afraid of that. But like I said, I just didn't have that confidence that I would know what I'm, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. so, and I don't, but I don't always tell people that I don't. So they don't know. That's what I think. What did you find though about that lack of confidence? Because it's, it's a, Fear for some people, for other people, it's just a plain lack of confidence thing. You, you summarized it very nicely that you didn't know what you were doing. But what do you think about that now? Um, now I think, well, I'm just going to, I did it, I think, well, I, done, I did it before and no one threw food or anything. Although I do make sure they throw, they hand in all the utensils if we're eating before I get up on stage. <laughs> That's a smart policy. And yeah. I'm like, okay, you guys all have forks. Everybody hand in your forks. Before right. You yep. That way you can't throw the knives. That's good. That's right. See, you yeah. understand what I'm talking about. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, you get more confidence as time goes on. You think, you know, okay, I did that. They laughed. It was good. So we'll try it again and do the next time. And yeah, it's, it's, I love it. I love it so much. And I'm, think, I'm so thankful that my husband is so encouraging to me, you know, oh, like, yeah. he's like he just buys me Dr. Pepper for the road. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. I, I think there's also a really important lesson in here because what you did not say is that you developed all this confidence over time. Oh, what you said, which is fine. There's nothing wrong yeah. with, with not saying that. No. Yeah. But, but in fact, actually, I think that's what the point is that I was making. The, the confidence is something that you see after the fact when you look back at it. You don't necessarily notice it while while it's developing. Yeah, or feel it. Like feel my it. like yeah. my husband will say, um, "Oh, you looked really natural up there. You didn't look nervous at all. You like you looked really confident." Well, I didn't feel confident. Like I knew what I was going to say, you know, but I didn't feel like, "Wow, I'm so good at this." You know, I wasn't right. I don't know if that's the same thing, but he says that I portray that, so that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm putting at. Yeah. When, when when you have the attitude that says I'm getting better at it, because that's I think what you you could probably describe it. Yes. You're getting better at it every single time. That that's really the best form of confidence. Yeah. Because yeah, that's confidence that's the, going. Sometimes I get up on the stage and say, "Can you believe I did not fall up the stairs?" Like, <laughs> all really excited about that, you know. And if you can make fun of yourself, then everybody laughs. Yeah. Well, there's also a plus side to that. You're building confidence when you say that. Yes, yes. it's a joke. Yes, you're making fun of yourself in that sense. But yeah. by the same token, but at the same moment, you're you're giving yourself kudos. You're giving yourself congratulations. Yeah. Because <laughs> I and do that builds confidence. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed. I stayed on my feet. Hooray! <laughs> that's right. That's right. And my shirt is a right side out. That's good. Yes, that's right. That's also good. <laughs> The socks match, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't go too far. Yeah. Well, all right. You know, so we need to work on that one. But. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, it's so fun. It's just really, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the most important thing to do in order to have fun with whatever it is you're challenged to do, or trying to do, or deciding to do? Hmm. The most, like, the way to have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think not take it too seriously. You know, I think, and I don't remember if I sent you a copy of my book yet, but the stories in my, no, the stories in my book are things like there's like 95 stories and they're just little silly things that happened and then kind of what I learned from it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are things like, like when our life was really a freak show back then, like really, like at the time, seven boys, five teenage boys. And it was just nuts. Like the amount of milk we went through, it was a lot. We could keep oh, a couple sure. cows busy just at our house. Yeah. And I had to drive one of my sons to work and I was in a hurry and whatever. And I got in the car and I'm driving him. And I realized like I'm right hard on E, like hard on E. Oh my. Running out of gas. And I looked down and I'm wearing, I'd like to say it was my pajamas, but it was like some old shirt of my husband's and a pair <laughs> of shorts. And like, 
it was so bad and my hair was awful because I just thought I was dropping him off in the next town, the next town. Like, I don't know how we got there because I prayed. That's how we got there because uh, it was far. And I knew like if I, if we run out of gas and he was also at that miserable age, you know, that miserable teenage age where they hate mm-hmm. your guts. That's mm-hmm. the age he was at. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I hope I run out by myself and not with him. Cause he already hates me. And if I stop and have to hitch a ride, there is nobody that is going to pick this woman up on the side of the road. It is terrible. It was awful. It was awful. But I, I didn't run out of gas, and I made it to the gas station in the next town. And I pulled up, and their debit machine, or whatever you call it, um, was not working. So I had to get out of the car and go in the gas station. Oh, no. <laughs> in the end, after all of that, I was just so thankful. I'm pulling in, like, chug, chug, chug. Yay, I made it. And they're like, Sorry, ma'am, card reader is not working. You got to just go over there with all the other people that are lining up for their coffee in the morning. I'm like, oh, my word, it's a small town. <laughs> they all know me. It was, yeah. But I have to just laugh about it, right? And then I and then I write about it and I make a book and yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Well, well uh, you were also establishing your persona, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, they, like you said, they know you. <laughs> they know me. That's anymore. right. Oh, yeah. well, well, Tess is here. Yeah, good to see her. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how many people said to me in my life, you have to write a book? A lot. A lot I'm of sure. people. <laughs> a lot of people. Well, if you have stuff to write about, of course they're going to say that. Yes, yes, yes. So, you yeah, didn't the say that? Though. My kids. My kids did not say that. <laughs> Well, they were too busy hating on you. you Yeah. You know, and people say to me, people say to me, like, what do your sons think about you writing this book that includes all these stories about them? And and this is my answer. They're all boys. They're never going to (laughs) know. Or are you going to be shocked when you find that one of them actually was paying attention? Well, the ones that are married, I know, I know that Cam, he's in a lot of the stories and his wife will sometimes read the stories to him. And uh-huh. he, told, he told me that just this week because I just had the book launch. So they came to the book signing and, and uh, we had a party and stuff, of course. And Cam said sometimes they'll be on a road trip somewhere. So he'll drive and Amy, his wife will read and he'll say, he says, and I'll go, Oh, I know where this is going. He says, because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was the kid that the other kids always like tied him to a tree, oh, or they yeah. like they tied him to his bed with dental floss, oh, and then pretended they were watching a movie in the next room, and so he would like try to pull and get a like he poor kid. He got picked on the most, but he's really oh. a great guy. He's really <laughs> he came through it just fine. <laughs> I didn't know any of these things in my defense back then, but I'm finding out. Well, you must have found out somewhere along the way. Yeah. Otherwise, you couldn't have written about it. Yeah, yeah. As they're adults, they little things come out ah, when they're coming over. They the start truth talking. Always comes out. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And they talk about it, and I think, what? I didn't know that. I'll write that down. Yeah, my wife and I have moments like that where you know she'll be talking about something, something we did on a vacation or some event that happened, and I'll say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember that at all. Were you there? <laughs> Apparently, no. <laughs> according to the story, I was. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't remember. I have no rec- and, and vice versa, she'll do the same thing. Like we were there, really? <laughs> Maybe she's messing with you. Um. No. no. <laughs> I mean, I can't rule that out with her, but no. 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 No, I'm sure it really happens. It's just that we we remember things differently. Like, to give yes. you an example, my wife, well, I got to take a step back. My mom was a horrible cook. Okay. Really bad. So mm-hmm. I grew up with no sense of what good food was. Okay. Years later, many years later, I meet my wife, my future wife at that point. We're in her early 40s. And she's a very good cook. And it literally was true the way to a man's heart was through his stomach. I mean, she just instantly won me nice. over because, oh, my God, this food is delicious. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're but pretty. The, you really like the food. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but but what makes it even more uh, poignant to what we're talking about is Louise can tell you not only what we had for lunch or for dinner at some restaurant 10 years ago. But she can tell you whether or not you liked it. <laughs> wow. And, and I'm thinking, were we at that restaurant? 
Yes, yes. So it comes down to what's important. To, food is very important to her. And there's yes. a whole reason why, but there's, there's a whole history there. And, yeah. and food has always been very, very important to her. Yeah, so she thinks true. and remembers about things in terms of food, in terms of meals. Now they have to be memorable. If the yeah. meal isn't, isn't like, like, if the food wasn't very good, she won't remember it. Right. But if the food was good, I guarantee you, not only can she tell you what the main course was, she can tell you what the vegetable was. She can tell you whether it was a salad, you know, do we have breadsticks? I mean, she can tell you the whole thing. Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So it, it comes down to what do you associate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Can, that's she tell you if, can she tell you if you left a tip? Probably. I've never tested that one. <laughs> Although that would be an interesting test because in the last couple of years since the pandemic started, I have deliberately raised the amount that I give on tips. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. my way of appreciating the service workers. Yeah. And so now, I mean, I don't, I don't leave less than a 25% tip now. Yeah. And I don't know if she could tell you when that happened. She might be able to. She might. Yeah. She might. I couldn't tell you for sure though. Cause I mean, you know, you, you, you signed the check. I mean, th does the spouse check your check? <laughs> not really. That's <laughs> not the way it works. Well, not my, I don't, our family doesn't work that way. I can't speak for other families. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. So, so. I mean, the, the reason I mentioned that is it, it's, in the, it's a way of, it's, it's an example of how we, we remember selectively. And the selection is based on what's important to us, mm -hmm. what we give our attention to the most, um, what, we, what we focus our attention on, what, what we think about a lot, what we, what's important, what's, what's big, what is influential, what's, what sticks with us because you know, it really is that important to us. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna be different for every person. So that's why yeah. You know, I, I may not remember the meals. I'll remember other stuff that she'll have no clue what it is because it's other stuff that's important to me. Right. And do you think that you can consciously decide, like, I'm going to think about that or it's just because that's. What's oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's a key part of what we talk about here on the show with law of attraction, because we can deliberately create our lives, mm -hmm. but it takes deliberate attention to do it. And it takes repeated attention. Mm -hmm. One of the big mistakes that people make um, when they're trying to apply this stuff is they'll sit down, they'll set an attention, say, okay, I'm done. And then it'll go back to doing a lifestyle that includes contradictions to that very thing that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then they don't understand why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause you have to make it, you have to make it a, a continuous process. You're like, you talked about earlier, you talked about how you have those little ruts in your mind from the yeah. same thing that gets played over and over and over again. Well, you have yeah. to reprogram the rut. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you have to know that that's happening. So you have to yes. determine like, yeah, I have to, I need to think about what my thoughts are, but that takes dedication and intentional intentionality to do that. Right. And lack of um, distraction and awareness. You have to, you have to be conscious. Awareness, aware. That's a word. See, that's yeah. a better word. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Awareness, awareness of it, because your thoughts are determining your emotions. That's right. No, and that determines what you do. And sometimes that's not that good. Which know? is an interesting thing. And again, something we've talked about a lot. For the longest time, I did not believe that I had the ability to decide what emotion I was going to feel. Okay. I thought I was locked in to whatever life gave to me. So, you know, if I saw a sad movie, then I was going to feel sad. And if I saw a happy situation, then I was going to feel happy. And that's the way it worked. It was all based on what happened externally to me. Right. And then as I started learning about this stuff, I learned that, in theory anyway, yes, we can choose our emotions. And I remember the first few times I actually tried to do it and without a whole lot of success, I might add, mm -hmm. because I was so used to just going with the default. Whatever right. came my way, that's okay. That's the way I would respond because that's the way you're supposed to respond to this. Right. And it took quite some time until I finally started to notice that there are actually a lot of situations in life where different people respond differently. Yes. Yeah. True. That's what made the difference. Cause then, cause there are some situations where some people will feel pain. Other people will laugh at it mm -hmm. as an example. Well, I mean, you talked about earlier how you like to, to make fun of yourself. You use yeah. laughter as a way to, to break the ice, so to speak. Well, that's a deliberate choice. It is. And I think that's why I can share stories that are um, painful or sad or because I can share it with vulnerability and with laughter, like with, with, um, humor, that's the word with humor, 
I can share it. Right. And, and that way I can still get that, the point out and it's easier to listen to because nobody wants to hear. I don't think I I don't want to hear. I'll just speak for me. I don't want to hear really sad stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. but I need to learn the lesson of it maybe. But so I want to deliver it with, um, like truthfulness, honesty, vulnerability, but also humor. Right. Yeah. Yes. And the occasional clothing mishap. (laughs) <laughs> that's just for the fun it's all part of it yes mm-hmm. then the other thing that made the difference for me in terms of really grasping that we have the ability to select emotional responses mm-hmm. was when i started thinking about the acting profession mm-hmm. particularly method acting okay because once i finally started to uh, you know i'd heard like most people i'd heard the term method acting over and over i hadn't really given it a lot of thought but as i was exploring this stuff and then method acting came to me in my mind, I said, okay, so what exactly is method acting? And I learned about it and I realized they put themselves into the space of the character and they, they, they basically get themselves to feel whatever the character is feeling. Right. Well, that's a deliberate choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when I realized that there are people who have developed the skill quite extensively, and we can name some of the best actors and actresses who are able to do this really, really well, that really illustrated bigger than anything else. We all have this ability. In fact, I wanted to go find an actor to teach me some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. To teach me how I could be more selective about it. Yeah. Um, actually, over time, I, I just started practicing more and more and learned how to do it. But, you know, it's like anything else. You, my, I have a former co-host named Cindy Chavez. She was on the show for a number of years. And um, she pointed out that you can literally learn anything, <laughs> including how to be selective about emotions, simply by just doing it over and over again every day. So practice. Yeah, just repeat it doesn't matter how bad you are at it you can Mm -hmm. be like the worst in the world at whatever that x is if you do it every day for 365 days i mean you can be like the world's worst drawer Mm -hmm. but if you get out a a pad with 365 pages and you try to draw every single day and the the first 300 days it looks terrible but Mm -hmm. it starts to get a little bit better a little bit better by the end of the year Mm -hmm. you actually know how to draw somewhat yeah you get better at it yeah i just heard i just heard a ted talk by uh simon what's his name you know, the person's <laughs> name. Anyways, anyways, that doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you what he said, basically, in a nutshell, and you won't have to watch the whole thing. He okay. said, when uh, we decide we're going to exercise, we go out and exercise at the gym and come home and look at ourselves, and nothing changed, right? Mm-hmm. So you do it yes. twice, nothing changed, so you quit because nothing yes. changed. But if you would have kept going for 20 minutes a day, every day for a year, something would have changed. Yes. Right, but we, we don't have the patience sometimes for that. That's what you're saying, right? You just, you keep on, keep on, keep on learning it or practicing it until something changes. And and what the podcast taught me is it isn't so much the patience. Patience was what I would originally have said it was. It's Mm -hmm. the love. Uh, Okay. When you can find love for whatever it is, that's where appreciation comes into it, by the way. Oh, appreciation. Whenever you can find appreciation for something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we do that all the time. But whenever you can find that appreciation for something, and really feel it that keeps you going that if you want to persist that's probably the best way to do it if you want to persist with anything at all find appreciation for the thing that you're persisting about yes i agree and you'll get there yeah and the reason people don't get there is because they don't find something to appreciate about it and keep coming back to it yeah This is fun stuff. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I knew we were going to have a fun time. Yeah. Well, we are. This is great. It's, uh, the only sad part is kind of we're kind of running out of time here, which reminds me, we, we, I mean, we, we have actually a few minutes left, so this is a little bit earlier than I normally would do it, but we got to find out some information about how to find out more about your book because you have a book called Listen Sister, and this is an important thing, right? So tell us about the book. Listen Sister, Finding Hope in the Freak Show of Life. <laughs> I love this subtitle. I love it so much because it is all true, embarrassingly so, usually. But <laughs> it's really short stories, like two minutes. You can read them like in the bathroom when your kids are like banging on the door and you only get one minute, or like you're waiting in the car for not at a stoplight because that would be distracted driving. But if you were waiting yes. to pick somebody up or you're at the hospital, you know, waiting for an appointment or all those waiting times, it's just like a couple minutes while you're having coffee. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be encouraging. So my website, this is really easy to remember, 
tessscott.com because it's my name, Tess Scott. So three S's in the middle, tessscott.com. And so that shows um, some just like blogs and funny stuff to read and some of the places that I'm speaking. And um, you can order the book from there or you can just get it from Barnes and Noble, Chapters, Indigo, Amazon, Walmart.com. I don't know, all the places. You can get it all the places. And yeah, I hope that people get it and are so encouraged. Well, actually, as you're describing it, we hadn't really talked about it up until now. But when you describe it as a series of little two, three page stories, yeah. that's kind of like a it's sort of like your version of a chicken soup for the soul. Sort of. It's kind of I mean, it's not the same thing, but it, it it's yeah. like little little doses of stuff. Exactly. But, I just don't know if the chicken soup guy wants me to say that. So I don't say that, you know, in person. Well, Jack Canfield actually sold off the right. So I think he's probably OK oh. with it. OK, then. Yeah, that's <laughs> like. But I think it has a catchier name. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Like and and the name is because my husband always said, this is a freak show when the kids were little. <laughs> you this, have been using that phrase a lot. So I, I guess I, it has come up quite a few times in your life. I get that. Yes, a lot. It was just such a fun time. So, you know, there was lots of fun days. They weren't all fun days, but there was a lot of fun days, a lot of it, very fun days. Yeah. And once again, whether or not they were fun days was a matter of choice. Yes. Yeah. Because you could have looked at them the other way. I'm sure I did sometimes too. (laughs) I'm sure I did. did. There was lots of, there was lots of times like he came in the door and always, almost always the kid's shoes would be all over the floor. And then it'd be like, maybe Walt, you remember the Dick Van Dyke show. Remember when he came in the door and then he tripped over the the Ottoman and then like that, that is what my husband did many, many days in a row. So yeah, they weren't all joyful times. I did laugh at him sometimes, but mostly from the other room. Well, Dick Van Dyke is actually a great example because the trick to do the Dick Van Dyke pratfall, because that's what that is, yes. is to come up smiling. He always came up smiling afterwards. He always came up smiling. That's right. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. one of the most wonderful things about him. I'll, I'll yeah. tell a little quick Dick Van Dyke story that I love. Um, he, of course, he's, he's uh, I think he's an octogenarian now, or, or maybe an octogenarian. I'm sure he's up there yeah. in years. Yes. But he was out with friends slash sons slash I, I mean people who were close to him he was out mm-hmm. uh, this is like four or five years ago he was out in california in a um a, a popular chain restaurant okay and he and these three or four young men with him spontaneously started singing the theme song to chitty chitty bang bang and the entire <laughs> restaurant stopped and everybody's got their phones out and they're all taking phone video of him and and his crew seeing this thing. Oh, in that public. would be so fun. And, and to me that that just like epitomizes who he is because he didn't have to do that, but he is so positive and so fun loving. He said, yeah. We're just gonna put on a little show here for the people waiting for their food in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's a, a probably a really fun, great guy in real life. Yeah, like oh, as sorry. a person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, you're you're a pretty great gal. We've had a great time con- conversing with you and getting to know you. I loved your your attitude. I loved Thanks. your your sense of spontaneity, and I I know that this whole idea of of kind of making fun of yourself works for you. But I'll tell you what, you have more than that. You have a lot more than that, yeah. and it comes out. Thanks. So thank you for the part that you've allowed to come out and keep the like, keep letting that part out. That part's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, fun. For sure. I mean, that that's really, that's the part that makes you a fun guest on a show. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Oh, well, we we're glad to have you on. And uh, look forward to, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I always say this with guests because I never really know what the next collaboration is going to be. But I look mm-hmm. forward to the next collaboration, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, there'll be another book, you know. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, especially when this one takes off, you're going to have the demand saying, okay, so when's the next one coming out, Tess? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I'm writing. I'm writing it. I'm working on it. I'm working on making really? stories for the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You already have book number two in process. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that means you're loving it. I am loving it. See? Yeah. I'm appreciating it. This is how you do persistence, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you do it by loving it. And you continue loving on it. And you just keep going. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It was so nice to meet you. And it Sam. It was lovely meeting you, too. Thank you for being here.
And thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>